Welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Jasmine Petty. And Giuseppe Corallo. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about this week's Grey's Anatomy episode entitled Sorry Doesn't Always Make It Right. So if you haven't seen the episode, there are spoilers ahead. Uh, to start off, uh, Giuseppe, how are you? Well, it's been a few stressful days. Well, as you know, my graduation day is approaching. So right mm-hmm. now I'm writing my thesis. And it's like, oh my God, can I do that on time? So I'm really worried that I won't be able to do that. But I'm going to be able to do that. So that's what I keep saying, I keep saying myself because yeah. I want to be optimistic. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's been a little bit stressful. And, you know, because of this graduation day approaching, because of this pandemic, because of work, of course. But I'm holding on. What about you? How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Um, it was really warm here yesterday, so it was about 24 degrees Celsius. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, and we're at the time of year in, in the springtime where, you know, we'll have days where it's really, really hot, and then, like today, it's about 19, excuse me, and, you know, then it'll drop down to, you know, uh, it'll drop down to, like, 12 degrees. Um so it's kind of all like April is kind of all over the place. It's warm and then it's cold and then it rains. And uh, but we got a, a nice day yesterday to the point that I had to put my fan on. Um, mm. So the, the warmer weather and the more and the more sunshine that we are having is nice. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I don't know what it's like in Italy right now, but um, the province of Ontario, where I live, uh, just went into another lockdown. Oh, we're in lockdown as well. And we're not doing very well with the vaccination uh, rollout. No. No, no, we're not. Basically, we're behind the UK, behind France, Spain, and Germany. We're behind everyone. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what will happen next. Because, I mean, right now, it seems like to talk about reopening. Uh, I mean, for if you think about it, cinemas here in Italy are still closed. I don't know about uh, Canada. Yeah, yeah, they've been closed since March of last year. I said they they briefly reopened. Oh, um, for a few weeks, like last fall, I think, and then yeah. they had to close again. Okay, that's the same here in Italy. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's it's not looking great here. Uh, we, we, I mean, they keep saying that by this summer things will improve, mm. but I'm not sure about it. I mean, they, of course, they have to say it because otherwise people will go very very mad. But now it's like it's like they're not approaching the problem. I mean, at least it looks to me like they're not approaching the problem in the right way, or um, like the organization is not great. Yeah. But see, now we have a new government, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was just saying, um, like we were here, like we were we went to modified stage two in October, and then we when we came out of that, we were orange, and then we the whole province locked down for several months like December to like part of December to like January and January. And in February, we came back out and we were orange again, which was good because we remained like stable. Um, and then we went into a red zone in March, but like stuff was like, for example, like your hairdresser and stuff was allowed to stay open. They just put limits on like gatherings. Yeah. Um, but then for the next month, we're, then we put it into something called an emergency break, which I'm still not clear what that was. 
Um, <laughs> and now we've gone into a full lockdown. Uh, but one good thing is they have changed the rules. So people were upset and rightly so that, you know, like hair salons and, you know, somebody knows a photographer couldn't take photos outside. They weren't allowed to like for their business, but they were yeah. keeping like golf courses open and they were keeping like big boxers allowed to stay open because they had like one aisle of grocery. And so people were mad because they're like, okay, so I can't run my business. Uh, but you can go have brewskis on the golf course and, you know, Walmart keeps making money. Um, and so in response to that, like they got a lot of heat for that and they're, they should have done this from the beginning. Um, but what they've done is they've, they've, for the lockdown, they've changed the rules and said, okay, if you sell groceries, you can be open, but you have to block off. You're not allowed to sell anything else. They're like, not like saran wrapping the mm -hmm. other stuff. So you can't buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, people are made here as well because it's like the, for example, here in Italy, churches are open. You can go to a church with a lot of other people, but you can go to cinemas. Why? Why? What's the difference? Why can you go to a church and not to a cinema or to a theater? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it's like people are, are mad because they're, because of course, nobody is, is explaining to them, to us. Uh, why something can be open and why something else can't be so yeah. mad. But okay, let's talk about something, you know, you know, in this COVID time, let's talk about something else because something great happened in the past few weeks. I mean, something exciting because uh, you made a Twitter post talking about our latest uh, podcast episode. Yeah. And basically you got noticed by Azura Antoinette Who's the actress, the great actress who plays, uh, who played Irene, a, um, a sister-in-law, in the in the last Grey's Anatomy episode? How was it, you know, to have a reply from her? It was great. It, it felt awesome. It still feels great. Um, so what happened is I did a post to share that you know, um, earlier this podcast episode was up, and I did a photo, uh, like from the episode, which was Hayes and Irene like talking in her room, and. Uh, like I tagged the actors in it and then Azura Antoinette uh, like liked it and replied and said that she would uh, have to tune in and check out the podcast That's um, great. That's which was super great. which is super exciting and awesome and that she noticed us and I like I loved her performance as Irene and I hope we get to see her again um, yeah. I'd love to see her and like Meredith meet like they talked about um, oh, so yeah, I was, would love that yeah so it was super awesome uh, to be noticed and uh, yeah I'm, I'm still on cloud nine about it uh, it was it was great so so thank you to her for for noticing our our little podcast yeah who knows maybe one day she will be our guest who knows <laughs> who knows <laughs> who knows anyway okay let's talk about the newest Grey's Anatomy episode titled sorry doesn't always make it right Written by Julian Wong and directed by Giacomo Giannotti. 30 second recap? Yes. Okay. When I'm good to go. Yes. Go. Okay. Uh, this week on Grey's Anatomy, the Greystone doctors are stuck in the middle of a fight between a newlywed couple who are injured in a car accident and brought to the hospital for treatment. Meanwhile, Meredith briefly wakes up, making <laughs> Hayes pull off a badass surgery to save a child's life. Jackson learns a hard lesson about being too generous in the moment, and they and Link talk about marriage and sobriety. Okay, okay, that's great. That was less, or a lot less than 30 seconds. Now, we should yeah. call them now, like, like 20 seconds recap. Well, so now you're pretty good. Seconds, though, because sometimes there's a lot to say. Um, <laughs> but, okay. 
Yeah. Let's make a, uh, making a compliment for you to being oh, able to summarize. Because so I'm well. saying it more quickly? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. So, so we should start talking about this episode, which to me felt like a filler episode. Hmm. I mean, I thought that you called it on your Twitter uh, a connecting episode, but yeah. to me it felt like a filler because it was like nothing major happened. And, you know, I, 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 I'm, I, I like the second half of the season. I didn't love the first half of the season because it was very uh, COVID-related and it felt like every storyline was stuck. Uh, but I, I think that this the second half is improving and th things are progressing. But in this episode, I had, again, that impression that everything is stuck, that nothing is actually happening. I mean, that was my impression. Mm. But one thing that I loved about this uh, this episode was the patient storyline, because it felt to me, I don't know if you agree with me, with me on this, but it felt to me like, uh, a vintage Grey's Anatomy patient storyline. Do you agree? Yeah, I like the patient storyline. And I particularly love that moment where, you know, Bailey had that great speech about her parents, which I thought was so beautiful. First, we should say what, I mean, for, for people who haven't watched Station 19, because mm. this, um, this patient storyline was actually part of the big crossover event. I mean, they promoted that way, but it was not that big as a uh, crossover. Basically, we have this couple, um, they're newly, they're newlyweds, they're having fun in their car, and they have a big accident. They're trapped in this car, and while the firefighters from Session 19 are trying to save them, the wife says, Oh, save me first, save me first, don't save him. He has no one. Uh, nobody Ouch. will meet him. Ouch, really, that is so bad to say something I mean uh, if someone said something like this to me I would be really really offended for the rest of my life <laughs> so so basically uh then they they go to see of course to Seattle Grace Hospital and as I said it felt vintage Grace because we because it felt like this patient storyline connected to the storylines of our characters especially mm -hmm. to Owens and Bailey's because it was like you know Owen uh, Bailey was pushed for the happily ever after so she was urging him you know to to forgive his wife because uh, as you were saying he, she had that, that beautiful speech about uh, loving the, a person every um, remembering why and and the moment in which you fell in love with a person mm -hmm. and that that person can have a bad day and this doesn't mean that it's a terrible person we and I agree with this and on the other hand we have Owen who says who's on the opposite part of the spectrum and is of course very wounded by what's happened with Teddy so I felt it was a nice and fun dynamic between him and 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 Bailey and then I also as I said it was a nice um, connection to Owen and Teddy's storyline because even though the patient actually didn't forgive his wife Owen started to you know make amends with Teddy Mm -hmm. And he has finally told her that he's her friend, which I think it's the most important thing, you know, that he's always going to be there and that he's ready to listen to, to what she has to say. And he apologized to her. I mean, that is big from Owen. He apologized to her because he knew and he knows Teddy. And so if she did what she did, she must have had a reason. So I thought there was a beautiful moment which connected pretty well with the passion storyline. Mm -hmm. 
I, yeah, I really like the patient storyline in this episode too. Um, like I said, I really liked um, Bailey's uh, speech to the patient about, you know, loving the person that they are and her, about her parents and looking at, you know, stuff for the obituary and, you know, to her dad, all he saw was the woman he fell in love with. And I, I love that speech. And um, I like I had this moment where I was watching and, you know, Bailey says all that, convinces the guy to to talk to his wife. And I had this moment. And I don't know what it was. But I had this moment where I thought, oh, like I get like I get this holds true for Bailey. But I had this feeling. I'm like, oh, this is going the opposite way for this patient. I just had a feeling. Oh, you got it? I didn't think about it, actually. Oh, yeah. No, I got it. Like, the moment they did, like, the, like, the nice music and Bailey, you know, had convinced him. And it was just a little bit too easy. It was a little bit too simple. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, there's there's something up here. And so at the end there, I like, we got the payoff where, you know, because all I know that Bailey kept talking and, you know, she makes her point. But the guy agreed to me too quickly. And then the end there when his his wife won't stop talking and I'm like, oh, here we go. And then he was like, I wanted an moment like you, you know, you're the same person you were, you know, you Bailey was right, you know, you're the same person you always were. I just, you know, I I just overlooked it before. Um, yeah. And then his story about the trail mix. How rude was that? How, who eats all the trail mix on the hike? Right. Right, right. That was, and it, it was so nice. He was such a nice guy. It was, yeah. it was, and she was, yeah, she was an random person. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody does that. No, no. Um, so I really like that. And, <laughs> You're very offended by this, by the way you say, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, who eats all the trail mix? Especially if you Nothing. pack the trail mix. I mean, that's just rude. <laughs> I would, yeah, yeah. I would definitely, I, I wouldn't even like, funny that, that, that guy called her back. After like you know went out with her again, I wouldn't I wouldn't even call that person back. I'd be like, you ate all the trail mix. Like, <laughs> no thank you. I don't want to continue a relationship with that person. You, you yeah, you wouldn't have married her. No, I I would. You know, we you share the trail mix, <laughs> unless you eat the trail mix and realize you don't like the trail mix, and which way you give them the trail mix. Like, guys, guys, yeah. remember who wants to make an impression on Jasmine? Do not. <laughs> Take away the troll mix from her, okay? <laughs> and what about Hoenn and Teddy? Are you yeah. happy with the going? Yes, I, I really actually, I did like that moment. So throughout that storyline, uh, something that made me laugh was that Bailey kept accidentally bringing up stuff and Owen kept being like, I don't want to talk about it. And she kept pulling up short. Um, <laughs> that interaction I thought was very funny. Um, yeah. And I love, there's a lot of great facial expressions from the actors and the, the look that Boki gives Bailey. Oh. <laughs> she was an amazing actress in this episode. That yeah. look was everything. And, I mean, there is a reason why they call her Queen Boki. There is a reason. Yes. And, and the fact that she's not even trained as an actor, like her legit job for, for fans that might not know this is that Boki is a real scrub nurse in Los Angeles. Um, she, you know, she's one of those people that like, you know, instructs them and helps them out with you know like how to do it right so it looks proper she you know she yeah. doesn't as far as i know she doesn't have any training as, as an actor and um she she kills it every time and that look and she's a woman of few words and looks but but uh you get her meaning <laughs> you know go yeah, bulky yeah. um yeah go bulky like so, so i love that 
And then I loved Owen's, uh, like, I'm not a big Owen fan generally, but I loved his facial expressions throughout the episode, especially at the end there when, like, Bailey was, like, confused, like, what do you mean you want an omen? And then the guy was talking about how selfish his wife was, and Owen was had that facial expression, like, yeah, like, yeah, you're right. But then he, I like that he did take what Bailey said to heart, even though it wasn't true for that patient and his wife. It, it was true about Teddy. Um, yeah. And so I liked at the end there where he came to see her and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I just put the kids down. I didn't know you were coming. And he said, you know, I came to see you. And he apologized, but as you said, he's really big for Owen. You know, he's done a lot of stuff that's 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 not good and you rarely see him apologize. Um, so I thought I liked that. And I, I, I like that he finally got it. He realized like, okay, somebody I've known for decades did something really out of character and I got upset and, and shut her out. I should have realized well, that there was something wrong. I mean, I don't think Owen is perfect. And of course he was right to make amends, but let's remember that he was hurt. So I get why he acted the way he acted. This time I get it. Even though in the past, I don't, I, I don't always get Owen, but the fact that he shut out Teddy, it was, it wasn't, I mean, I can't understand him. I mean, he was cheated on by her. And even though she acted out of character, I mean, he was hurt. So, for me, that, that felt human. The, 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 the fact that Owen wrecked it the way, it didn't feel like a, an asshole to me. It just felt human. Yeah, but for me, like, if he'd apologize right after that episode with where, like, Amelia kind of calls him out on the fact that he's being a hypocrite, that would have felt human to me. But the fact that he, like, were a few episodes away from that and now he's finally apologizing, yeah, I don't I don't get the 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 continued anger and resentment like there, to me there's a point where I'm like okay if, you know if Owen had been you know had always been the good guy and had never cheated on anybody I would get it but he cheated on Christina and he's done a lot of the exact same stuff that Teddy is doing and as Amelia says to him you know oh she has a Christina and you don't like it so you're okay doing it to all of us you know me Amelia Teddy but when Teddy does it to you you don't like it and so I yeah to me I'm like that's kind of hypocritical but I did, coming back to this episode, I really did like the scene with Owen and Teddy. Um, I love that he apologized, that he got it finally. And I really loved his his speech where he says, you know, we were friends first. I want to get back to that. We can be friends again. I can be your friend if you want me to. And I'd really love to hear about Allison if you're, uh, if you're, in, if you're willing to tell me. And that Teddy accepted that. It was like, oh, do you want some tea? And then we see her kind of tearing up. So I, I thought that was a really beautiful, nice scene. And I'm glad that they have reconciled and that um, they seem to be on the way to uh, reconciliation. And also the patient storyline gave us some great Tom's lines. Yes, yes. Um, I loved Tom's lines. (laughs) He was in there very briefly, but when the patient is is brought into the into the er and the trauma room and they're, they're looking him over and he says never wants to tom goes you know uh what did you know cheat on him steal all his money run over grandma <laughs> it's very funny it's very funny it has a very comedic great comedic timing he is a great actor that man yeah and i'm happy that he's now fully recovered from covid because actually we didn't get to see his recovery. I mean, uh, they were all cut scenes. I think we talked about this in the latest episode, which I yeah. think they should, have show, they should have shown that to us, I guess. But yeah, it was great to have Tom back uh, operating, not, not operating, but you know, being 
being the doc, the great doctor, the and the funny doctor that he is. Yeah, and um, yeah, he had some funny lines. I'm glad to see him back in action, and um, and I, I like that because you know Tom. I think the last few seasons have shown that Tom is a really he's a he's a great neurosurgeon. Um, he's very good at being a doctor. He may not be always the, you know, the most cuddly guy, but he's really good at what he does. And yeah. I think that's where he's he works best because you put him in a leadership role, it goes to his head, and he can come off as 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 cruel, uh, even when he doesn't mean to be. Um, but as a, as a doctor, as a surgeon, uh, he's really good at what he does. And yeah. um, so I like seeing him back back in that role um, more than the kind of Darth Vader. Um, everybody hates Tom. Um, yeah kind of storylines, which even though they were funny and I thought they were well done, um, because I like Tom as a character, I, I prefer to see him in like working as part of the team, saving the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I loved his lines there. And I think the next uh, storyline we should talk about is uh, the storyline that Maggie and Hayes had with their patient. Uh, do you want, do you want to talk about that? Uh, yes. First, I would like to say something about Maggie's storyline. I mean, last episode ended with a big moment for Maggie mm-hmm. I mean she got proposed by Winston and it was a very beautiful moment and then in this, in this episode she this that moment was not talked about which mm-hmm. is another thing that I didn't like about this episode because it again it felt like a filler and it felt like things I mean we had this big moment we should have had uh, a follow-up you know mm-hmm. instead she doesn't talk to Amelia about this proposal. She, she doesn't talk about it anyone to anyone. And of course, everyone knows about it because if you remember uh, when the when we soon proposed and got down on one knee, there were other people watching them. And we know yeah. that in that hospital, everybody likes to gossip. So everybody knows our engagement. I mean, I, at least that's what I think. And so I don't know why they dropped the storyline completely and entirely. Apart from that, um, I really liked the Maggie and Ace storyline um, because I think, it, I, I mean, as you know, I'm a great Ace fan. Mm-hmm. So it's great to see him interact with another character. Um, so we, we, with Maggie. And I think that for a moment there, when he kept pushing her, you know, to be the great surgeon that he knew that she could be for, for his patient while he was advocating for his little patient, I was like, why doesn't he call Christina Yang? I mean, <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, he knows that Christina Yang is a genius as well as, as Maggie is. So it was like, why is he not calling her if he's that invested in this, in this you know, in this, um, mm-hmm. in this patient? But I, I think that there was a beautiful storyline because Maggie and Ace worked together beautifully. And, you know, finally, we saw a smile because mm-hmm. when they are in that, you, uh, yeah, it was great. I, he has a beautiful smile, that guy. And when they were all in the OR and they were happy because they, they had success, the operation was successful. Yeah. Uh, to see him smile, to see Maggie smile, to see that little moment of joy, yeah. I think it was very powerful. And, you know, since the episodes right now are a little bit depressing, when we have these moments, I'm like, oh, finally, a smile. What about you? Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Um... And like a lot of what you're saying too, I uh, I like seeing him and Maggie interact. Um, you know, Maggie says in the beginning that, you know, they've been performing other surgeries on this boy, which means they've been working together on these cases for like a few months 
or at least a few weeks. And so I like that they established that like, you know, him and Maggie even working together as colleagues, they work well together. They like working together, you know, coming to this episode and seeing them work together to find a solution and save this little boy's life and his poor family. So I really liked that. And yeah, I just, I, I, this really made me emotional because seeing, seeing the little boy, Arthur, with all the tubes and the wires, um, yeah. that kind of thing always makes me emotional. I mean, I, it, it wasn't a heart condition, but um, I went through a lot of that when I was a kid. So I was in and out of hospitals, um, you know, most of my childhood. So that's always scary and frustrating for you as a child, um, uh, but also for the family, for the parents, it's terrifying. Um, so that made me very emotional. And the scene where the, the the dad was, you know, talking to his kid about all the stuff he wanted to do with him in case he didn't make it. Yeah. Um, that got me choked up. And they were like, we have to take him now. Um, and then they were in the yard, like, just give him a minute. And then he, he started beating, he started working and they were all happy and the joy was there. And it was, it was so joyful. Yeah, um, it was, it was. Such a, such a beautiful, joyful moment. Um, I love that. Like I said, we got to see Hayes smile. He had some great lines too, where he came in and he was saying to, to the dad that he, he's like, oh, you got a feisty one there. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, yeah, get, I love every time, every time he's on scene, you get this sense of warmth around him. Yeah. Like you you get that he's a dad, that he knows what it means to, to love a child that much, right? Yeah, and I, I think it's that sense of, um, you know, that comes, you know, with good acting, but also comes from, you know, personal experience because the actor himself is a dad. So um, I think you can really see that in his performance. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you get that that sense of that sense of warmth and care and concern. He's joking and he's he's smiling and uh, yeah. So I loved that. Um, I too was a little weirded out that they didn't mention Maggie's engagement. Um, my kind of feeling was that you know, like you said, there were other people around, but they're not. You know, you couldn't see which. You didn't didn't appear the other like well-known characters were in the scene with Maggie Winston. So my kind of feeling was that like the staff knows, you know, the nurses would know, the kind of support staff knows, but then maybe Maggie's family and friends don't know. You know, Maggie hasn't told anybody yet, like the staff know, but I did think it was weird that like none of the nurses came up to her and were like, congratulations, because I would have expected that. So hopefully we'll see this addressed um, next time. I hope you're right. Yeah, I really hope you're right. I don't know, this felt a little bit off. And another thing on that note, another mm -hmm. thing that felt a bit off, and another reason why I didn't love uh, this episode was the fact that we had a pivotal moment happening in this episode, which had been teased by the promo as well. You know, Meredith finally waking up. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was going to be a major moment. I thought it was yeah, going to be amazing, great. And I also thought that we she would have woken up at the, at the beginning of the episode or at the middle of the episode and said no she basically wakes up uh, like 10 minutes before the episode ends and she wakes up she says two lines and then she, nothing happens nothing no one goes to her room no one talks about this waking up apart from the ending so it's like why why such a, 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 a such a you know such an important moment was treated and written in this way? To me, this didn't make sense. I did think it was a bit odd. Um, to me, it felt like a bit of a fake out. Um, and that like they teased kind of this big moment, and then it wound up being she woke up briefly, and then you know it turns out she's been listening to stuff the whole time, and so she I really liked her moment with Richard. 
I thought it was very sweet where she woke up and he was like, hey, sleepyhead. And she said she was sorry. And he's like, why? And he's like, oh, you had to put me in an event. I'm sorry you had to make that call. And he said, you know, I do it again. Um, she's like, oh, I'm glad I chose you. I really liked that moment there. Um, yeah. Their father-daughter relationship is one of my favorites. Um, and then she said, you know, we need to talk about Wilson. And then I did, well, I'm not, I'm not on board uh, with Joe changing to OB because like I've talked about before, um, I struggled to understand where the storyline was going. And especially after that previous episode where, you know, um, it, it looked like she was thinking about switching to urology and Catherine offered to mentor her. She did kind of a thing. I felt like we got more set up for her going to urology and being mentored by Catherine in one episode than we've had all season for Joe switching into OBGYN because she's talked about it a lot, but she hasn't actually um, done anything to to make it happen. You know, she hasn't gone to her superiors. She hasn't talked to Karina and Hayes about what working in the field is like. She hasn't found- Well, but you, well you have to remember that, in the, I mean, she talked about it back in November, but you know, not much time has passed on the show. It's been just a few weeks. So uh, I actually think it makes sense because she's scared to make this change, you know? She's scared yeah. to disappoint everyone and all the general surgeons like Meredith and Richard and Belly that already, that uh, have always supported her. So I actually get it. And I think that your changing specialty could be an interesting storyline. I just, I, I the only thing that I need from her is for her to stop whining. She whines too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess for me, like I know it's a shortened timeline, but I guess for me, She's worked, like, I don't think we've ever seen her work with Queen, or maybe once we have, but she's worked with Hayes on a couple of cases now. And, you know, even just, there's a way that she could have brought it up in conversation just about the case they were working on to find out more information without telling him she wanted to switch. And she's chosen not to do that, which just strikes me as weird, because if you were honestly thinking of switching, like, in real life, wouldn't you want to ask the person you were working with for more information if they had it? I mean, yeah. Yeah, that-, that was- sense yeah and so that's you know and then like there's for there were two whole episodes where like she just screamed her head off at Hayes like really aggressively and Hayes didn't do like didn't do anything to, to deserve that or provoke that and so I'm like I think that's what confuses me I'm like well if you really wanted to switch you'd want more information and you would want to be as nice to that person as possible because you know you'll be working with them a lot because those two departments work closely together instead she doesn't ask for more information and she just straight up screamed at her coworker. Um, so like, I, I just, to me, I'm like, okay, if you were really interested in switching, there's a laundry list of things you would be doing. And we just haven't seen her do any of them until now. Um, and even she talks to Meredith when she's unconscious. So it feels very like, do you actually want to switch or do you just want to keep talking about this? Cause you're not really making any, taking any steps. Yeah. 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 Um, No, no, I get, I get what you mean. I mean, I'm not frustrated by it as much as you are. But I, of course, I get what you mean. And, you know, another storyline that I'm sure that you loved, because I know that you love the couple, was Amelia Link. Yeah, um, I really did like their storyline this episode. Um, we don't know what the plan was for their characters this season because, you know, COVID cut everything short. And then by them having to give Meredith COVID for, you know, to keep Ellen Pompeo safe, um, Amelia Link storylines were really truncated there. Um, and so, you know, they don't have a lot of options available to them. Um, but I, you know, which, which is a shame because they're, you know, they're great actors. I, I like them as a, as a couple and I think they're interesting. Um, but I really love this, this episode 
where, you know, we got to see Link's parents. They showed up. They wanted to take the kids for the day. They were, Amelia was so relieved and excited because they've, you know, it's been nonstop for two months. And for us as well. Yeah. Um, and even before that, like, you know, Meredith's story to Lexi about Bailey, you know, indicates that when uh, Bailey came, sorry, not Bailey, a uh, scout came home from the hospital, you know, there was a period of time there, you know, um, where, you know, just around the time the pandemic hit, so this would have been, you know, around March or, you know, possibly into February, depending on, you know, you know, mm -hmm. somewhere around there where, you know, they brought scout home and Meredith was there, but they were all working in the pandemic and the Bailey bee was keeping them up. So even before Meredith got sick, it was a lot. Um, and so I really liked this episode, you know, they finally get a break. I thought um, Katarina Scarson, who plays Amelia, did a great job showing Amelia's emotions. You know, she's crying because, you know, she just needs to let it out and she hasn't been able to for, for over two months. Um, and especially since she's an addict and she's in recovery is, you know, you suppress things and they come out in other ways, it's really dangerous. Um, I thought she did a beautiful job of showing that. Um, I loved the like kudos to the to the music team, like the people who picked the music for this episode. Um, because I love oh. that they had the 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 nice music, like the romantic music, when every time like proposed. <laughs> yeah, when you go down, yeah, when you go down one knee and it was like, no, get up, get up. And the music stopped. That was yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Really how Amelia was feeling. She's like, do not, no, you're reading the movie wrong. I don't want you to propose to me right now. Get up. Um, so yeah. I thought that was funny. And I really loved the scene where they're sitting in the kitchen and Link's talking about how he thought about marriage. You know, they talk about the possibility and Amelia says, you know, that she thinks she might be wired for destruction. And he goes, why do you think that? And she says, you know, that because sometimes, you know, she gets up in the morning, she thinks about getting high, she goes to bed at night, things about getting high. Sometimes when she's feeding a scout, she spaces out and thinks about getting high. And her face, the emotion on her face, brought me, just the way she played that, brought me right back to that private practice episode mm -hmm. where Amelia, they do an intervention and Amelia is, you know, the, that, her lines about like, when do we want drugs? We want them now. And that whole out of control spiral it brought me right back to that moment yeah. you could see it in her face yeah and yeah. she did such a good job and I, I liked it you know they don't have a lot of story options for them right now but they decided to use that time to address Amelia's addiction and it's something they come back to regularly and an addiction is a disease and it's not a one and done thing it's a constant um I don't say battle or struggle for some people it is but it's something you have to um it's an ongoing issue. It's not something yeah. that goes away. It's something that is always lurking around in the shadows, ready to attack you when you're vulnerable, of mm -hmm. course. And I liked her line about how they, they, they do, they're doing meetings like virtually and how it's as if Satan has designed the perfect set of circumstances um, yeah. and how hard that is. And something I want to share was I was on the Grey's Anatomy like Reddit uh, group and I saw yeah. somebody shared that that stream that that scene struck them really powerfully because they themselves are in recovery and they've been oh, really I read it. yeah i read it yeah and that they um it's it's the pandemic has made it so hard and that they were like i think they said they were like a hundred and i think like 126 days or 162 days something like that um into it and that that, that scene really helped them um yeah. which i thought was so which amazing is you know the fact that this can help real people 
Um, they made it emotional to read that post. When I read it, they were, it was emotional. Because, you know, when, when you read that this show can affect and touch people this much, mm-hmm. they should be proud of, the, of themselves or the show or what they're doing. And you, you know what? I, I really liked the Amelia Link storyline this episode. But on the other hand, I'm tired to see them on this bubble. Uh, again, I, I, I know what, why they're doing what they're doing, but I also think that they could have done something a little bit different. Caterina Scursone could have been at the hospital more. Also, thing I have to keep in mind is that, you know, these episodes, you know, a lot of what we're seeing now was would have been filmed in like February. And, um, and so, you know, things have improved since then. And so I hope that in the coming episodes, um, uh, we will see, uh, you know, they'll be able to do more stuff, hopefully. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm okay with the PPE. I mean, I think the the good actors um, and the ones that are really strong, um, I still feel the emotion. Um, and for actors that aren't as, as strong in some areas or that I'm not as, as a huge a fan of, you really notice it. Um, yeah. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, I'd like to obviously see them move on from that next season, if there is another one. I really enjoyed the storyline between Jackson and Mama Ortiz. Mm, um, yeah. Oh, and, and can I say something that... The fact that you said before that, you know, uh, the great actors can be recognized even through all the PPE, mm-hmm. that's so right, right? Uh, speaking of Mama Ortiz, the actress who plays her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like I said, she holds a special place in my heart because she played Sandy on ER. And in that role, you know, she was a reoccurring role. She did a lot with what she was given, which is why I loved it. Um, and in this role, she does the same thing. You know, when they first brought her in and, and Amy noticed that she was there, I, she was in, she saw, we saw her very quickly. So I didn't catch that she was there the first time, but Amy's like, is that her? Woke up and realized it was. We were a little bit wondering, you know, is she just going to be like a random background character or is she actually going to get real lines and stuff? And um, I was happy to see her get, you know, a storyline this episode. I love the actress who plays her. Are you really, even though she was wearing a ton of PPE for most of the episode, you really felt her emotion. You felt her frustration. You felt her anger. And Jackson kept thinking she was mad at him. But she's yeah. like, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad about this whole situation. I'm mad that these Band-Aid fixes will make things worse. What happens when these people, when the you know pandemic's over, what happens when these people go home to overcrowded housing? Um, and so I, I, I really love that storyline. And, you know, Jackson kind of realized, no, I'm trying to do a good thing here. But these are Band-Aid fixes, which could make the overall problem worse. I could be... You know, he didn't even think about the fact that, like, you know, community organizations are already doing this work, and I'm, I'm stepping on their toes by doing this, and I could be making it worse. Um, and then at the end there, that scene where he called her into the boardroom, and she thought she was getting in trouble, and she apologized, and he said, you know, you want to help, so do I. I appreciate that you told me what you thought, and you gave me your opinions. You didn't just sit there quietly. Um, and then he handed her the he he. he put the the pad of paper across the table and said, you know, if you could affect real change in our community, how would you start? You have a deep understanding. I have deep pockets. Let's work together to yeah. make real change happen. Um, and so I, I really love that. And I thought they addressed a really important issue in a way that was uh, interesting and worked well with the episode and gave that actress um, a chance to show off her acting chops and uh yeah I, I really enjoyed that i thought it was uh well done yeah yeah it was a beautiful storyline and also 
I think, I mean, I might be wrong, but since we know that April is coming back and since we know that when she left the show, she she decided to provide health care for the Seattle's homeless community. Mm-hmm. I think storyline could be a way to bring her back, you know? Oh, I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, she's working with the community and then maybe Jackson and Ortiz are also doing that until they come together. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Hmm. Because when we last saw April, that's what she was doing. So, yeah. you know. Since we know that she's coming back, who really knows? So, yeah. Jasmine, where are our favorite moment of our episode? Our favorite quote. You go first. What was your favorite quote? Oh, I had I had a lot from this episode, actually. Um, I love one. Just pick one. We already talked about a few of them. The moment with Richard and Meredith. Uh, uh, Tom's lines in the trauma room. But since we already talked about those, um, I just like the one to the million link. Um... Oh gosh, um, too many. Too many. Um, I'm trying to think of something we haven't mentioned. Oh, okay. Here's one. Um, when Link's parents show up, and okay. she calls his mom, calls Amelia, her daughter-in-law, and and she's like, "Just because you haven't proposed yet doesn't mean that you know she's not a part of the family." I'm gonna call her my daughter-in-law. If that's how I feel. <laughs> and then Zola goes, "I don't know why they're not married either." <laughs> Yeah, right, right. That was fun. <laughs> oh, that was good. Zola always Zola's always keeping it keeping it real, keeping it 100, as as Donald Faison would say. Um, yeah, keeping it real, says what she thinks. Love her. Um what about you? What was your favorite quote or scene? Um, I think my favorite one was when uh, when Jackson told you know told Levi, oh, you don't have to worry, we have more um more tests coming and more COVID tests coming. I mm. had like a 20-hour reunion with the board, with every board. And he, Levi was like, well, don't you just need to talk to your mother? I thought that was a funny remark. <laughs> yeah, I need a few of those where he, you know, he said something like that and then they looked at him and they was like, oh, yep, sorry, nope, going away. That was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a good one. All right, everybody. Uh, So that's our show. Um, If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review, and tell your friends. Our theme song is inspired by Kevin McCloyd. You can find us on Twitter at DanceStylePod and on Instagram at DanceStyleGraysAnatomy. Until next time, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Giuseppe. This is Dance It Out. A Grey's Anatomy podcast.